0: First time ever, I've preached in a hat, but uh, my bald head burns, so you're going to have to live with it so that I can actually see your wonderful faces and your beautiful costumes. So we wanted to, some of you guys have never looked better, by the way, just you guys look amazing. Uh, I came dressed up as a pastor, just so you know, I'm, I'm in costume as well. Um, We wanted to take just a few minutes as we uh, think about the the Lord just allowing us this moment. We've tried to exercise some creativity as an opportunity for us to, to continue to share the gospel. I mean, throughout history, people have have been involved in open-air preaching and communicating and just sharing the truth of God's Word in in open-air settings such as this, just so that people in the neighborhood and communities and even those of you who are here this evening can just be a part of hearing and and allowing the truth of God's Word uh, to just go go forth um, into all of the places that God has called us to be. So we've taken a little bit of uh, opportunity to do that this evening and made this our church service, which we're really excited about. And what we wanted to do is twofold. One, for those of us who have confessed and placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we want to equip you with a, a way and an opportunity to share the gospel with people that you don't know. And for those of you who might be here with us this evening, we are so grateful that you're here and maybe you're on the fence and you're like, yeah, I'm just not really sure about this whole Jesus thing. I don't know much about the details of that or I've had some experience with church and experience with Jesus and And I'm just not sure and I'm not even sure that I'm bought in. I'm I'm grateful that you're here because what I want to do is is outside of all of the noise that we hear about what Christianity is and what God's about, we just want to allow the truth of God's word to kind of rest on you and maybe lead you in the direction of what God really says about himself. And so where do we begin? Well, funny enough, we begin at the beginning. So we begin at day one, day one of all creation. And we think of God just sort of unfolding and scripting the narrative of the universe and making the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and the waters and all of these things. And after every day, God says, this is good. There's things in part of God's design that were just absolutely perfect because they came from God himself. And so God's design in a pristine and perfect environment have touches of god's character all over the place and none of it is confusing or broken or marred by anything but 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 god himself he's he's embedded in all of the aspects of of his creation and adam and eve are there and there's just this perfect relationship that exists and so you have god's design and god's design is perfection because that's who he is and so he has he Uh, unfolds his character in the creation of the universe you get perfection it didn't take long though before adam and eve the first two parts of uh, humankind decided that maybe they knew better than god and in the process of those things they made a decision that decision was to do the very thing god told them not to do and in essence, I mean, that's what we would describe as Christians as, as sin. But what it means essentially is that what we're saying is that we know better than what God knows about how things should operate, and we kind of want to go it alone. And so that's what happens. And in the process of sin or that decision to be our own gods entered into the world, what you see is just brokenness, just consistent a reality of Of selfishness and hatred and murder things just aren't the way that god designed them and so if you start off over here and you even if you're looking through the the thing that we have on the ps bible account you yet god's design of perfection and you have sin that moves us to this place of brokenness and basically when we talk about brokenness here's what we're saying things just don't seem right they're just not the way that it seems like they are supposed to be And most of us would agree with that, right? Like we can look at the world and we can say, you know what, I might not agree with everything going on, or I might look and say some things look like they're okay, but there's not a point in all of our lives where we wouldn't look into some avenue of news or history or life and say, that's not right. It's just not the way that it's supposed to be. And so what do we do? We think about fixes. Most of us would say, well, things aren't right. What do we do to get things to be right? And most of our lives outside of a relationship with God are spent trying to right so many wrongs. And we do it in numerous different ways. Maybe we pursue relationships and we say, you know, these relationships will make me happy. And, and all I need, ultimately my end goal in this life is to be happy. And I don't know if you've ever been in any relationship before, But my guess is if you have any relationship friend loved one spouse boyfriend girlfriend anybody in the world there's a point in time in that relationship where something's happened and it hasn't been perfect you've been hurt been wounded it hasn't made you happy so maybe we'll try something else let's just roll the dice maybe career let's just think about finding that perfect career where we can find value and significance in what we do make all the money that we need to be able to be happy, and then at the end of the day, everything else will go away and I'll be all set. We pursue careers, and at the end of the day, things just don't work out the way that we thought they would. Things just aren't the way they're supposed to be. And we live our lives trying to figure out how to fix what's wrong. And yet, in the context of all of those conversations, we move to a, an understanding that the likely answer So what's wrong doesn't come from inside of us, but from outside of us. If I'll submit to you this evening, if the perfect God of creation who set everything in motion and created everything in absolute perfection was able to find and fix and deal with all of the brokenness in the world, he would be the one that I would trust to do it. I don't trust myself. I don't have the ability to have all the answers to fix all the ills of the world and can't even protect my family from all of the challenges that they face. I'm incapable of fixing my own brokenness and I'm incapable of fixing the world. So I need a solution outside of myself. mind-numbingly scrumming through Facebook, and I know that maybe some of you don't do that because you're more spiritual than me, but I've done it before, I confess to you, just looking through videos, and sometimes I get sucked into these, I don't know, these heartwarming stories that you just see on Facebook. And here's one, this heartwarming story of this uh, older man who had been born colorblind. He couldn't really see reds and greens, and he'd lived his whole life trying to just figure out what the colors were around him. Imagine driving and you couldn't tell the difference between red and green. That could be problematic, right? You're running through a stoplight when it's green and it's red or whatever. But in the process of all of this movement forward and technology, his family decided to purchase him some special glasses. And those glasses were gonna be something where for the first time in his 65 years of life, he would be able to put these glasses on and see colors as they were intended to be. He was, it was a surprise party, and so in all of this process, the video goes on, and he puts these glasses on, and for the first time, colors were the way they were meant to be. There was a vibrancy to life. He was able to see things as they were intended to be, and tears just filled his eyes. I want to give you this evening those glasses those glasses are the cross when we talk about the gospel and we talk about good news what we're saying is that jesus christ the son of god saw fit to enter into our humanity because of all the sin that existed and in the process of those things knew that sin had consequences it always does sin always costs someone something And at the end of the day, sin, as it entered in the world and filled our lives with brokenness, God had to deal specifically with sin. And in order to move back to the place of perfection, sin had to be dealt with. And so sin always has to be punished, or God isn't God. And so sin is punished. Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, and died on a cross, a place of execution that was sanctioned off for criminals alone. He willingly went to the cross because of his love and passion for a world filled with brokenness and and hung on that cross and paid the penalty that we deserve for our sin. Romans tells us the wages of sin is death, meaning that what we get paid for the sin that we've committed and the sin around us is it always leads to death. And so something, someone has to die as a consequence for sin. So those are the options. Either God himself dies in our place and shows us a love beyond what we can ever imagine, or we die for the sake of our own sins and become and remain separated from God for eternity. But if we trust and place our faith in jesus christ what that means is that we're saying we believe that your death did what you said it would do it took the penalty that we deserved and stood in our place and took that sin upon you so that now we can experience that righteousness with god through faith in christ and in the process of those things now live uh, uh, an intimate relationship with God, even though we still live in a world of brokenness and even though we still sin. Because with Jesus has taken the penalty that we deserve for our sin. But that's not the whole story, right? What else happened? We know Easter morning, he rose from the dead and he's empty tomb. So what that, what that indicates for us is that in the process of those things, God has only not dealt with the penalty of sin, but also its power. Death has been conquered, and now there's this invitation universally to the world around us. All we need to do is recognize that our sin is serious. It caused God himself to go to the cross and allowed us to experience a relationship with God solely by placing our faith, our trust, and our confidence in the finished work of what Christ did on our behalf. And now our lives, for those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, are continually growing back into being conformed to the image of God. We're being restored. We're being made new. We still live in a world of brokenness. We still have challenges in our lives. You and I, surprisingly, still struggle with sin. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, that sin has been paid for from beginning to end. Our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins have been taken care of by the fact that Jesus died and paid the penalty we deserved for our sin. And so now we're moving towards this restoration, this reconciliation, this connection in relationships. I tended to really enjoy when I was growing up rock climbing. I went to this place when I was 15 called Yosemite Mountaineering School. And so for a week, we just learned about rock climbing and all of these things, and our final uh, mountain, I guess, or cliff that we were going to climb was called Piwiac Dome in, uh, in Yosemite. And, you know, we were just a bunch of ragtag kids that didn't know, so we, we were like, you have to be a maniac to climb Piwiac." and it's not true, it's probably one of the easiest climbs in Yosemite. But it's this nine-pitch climb where you're climbing up with all these guys to get to the top and to the summit. But in the process of these things, you're anchored in the whole time. Like you're connected to a rope, you're connected to to things so that if you fall, your, 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 uh, your rope catches you on all of these anchor points that are all the way up through the mountain. There's a guy, his name was Alex Holland, I think. And he did this thing called Free Solo. I don't know if you've seen the thing on Amazon or Netflix, but it's the first guy ever to climb El Capitan with no ropes, no nothing. Like it was this huge uh, rock face in Yosemite that no one has ever free soloed. And they did this documentary on this guy. And there's this part, one one of the hardest parts of the climb where he's on this kind of this, it looks like from a distance, a sheer rock face. Like it doesn't look like there's anything that you can hold on to. It just seems like he's climbing up glass, and you're wondering, how is he doing this? But as you, you focus in, and you pan in, and you get a little closer, there are a few little rocks, just, just small little places that he can hold on to to continue to finish his climb. And I won't give you the whole story, but it's a great movie if you want to watch it. It's just intriguing to watch this guy do this, and it's like he has no fear of death whatsoever. But it's on that rock face, that I always find myself thinking about life. And I think often I look at life and I feel like there's just no contact points. It just feels like I'm just walking through this sheer cliff and I'm not even sure what I can hold on to. But if you pan in closer to the cross and you look at closer to Jesus, there's always contact points. He's always drawing us to himself and allowing us to trust that as he has provided a relationship with us, he also continues to pursue that relationship with us. There is never a moment where your life goes goes unnoticed by the God of the universe. So what do we want for you this evening? We want you to feel comforted for those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and recognized your sin and recognized what Christ has done on your behalf. For those of you who might be here who have never trusted Jesus, what we would want you to know above all else is that you were loved by God in deeper ways than you can ever imagine, that you are still in his sight and that he cares about you and that he's brought you to this place to just remind you that you don't have to go it alone, that your sin doesn't define you, but that the God of the universe desperately desires a relationship with you. Nothing you desire, nothing you try and do to fix your brokenness will ever work. Jesus is the only answer. And so let me pray for us as we continue to move towards a, a, a final song of worship. But there's, our worship team is up here even after the service. I know you guys might be heading out trick-or-treating or whatever. If you have questions about anything that I've said, every single one of us would love the chance to just share more and talk with you more about it. Let me pray with you.